Washington's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Pierre-Luc Dubois has his first NHL goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They lead the Islanders 5-0 after two. The Lightning are up 2-1 on the Panthers in the second period. And the Vegas Golden Knights, their first game ever. No score with the Dallas Stars 12 minutes into the first period. Yankees and Indians now into the 10th, tied 8-8. Still no score. Cubs and Nationals in the 6th. Houston beat Boston 8-2 to go up 2-0 in that series. 10-0, Hamilton leading Winnipeg. Last minute of the first quarter in the CFL. The Eskimos will play Monday afternoon in Montreal. We'll have it for you on 6.30. Ched, tomorrow night we have the Oilers and the Canucks starting with the face-off show at 6.30. Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer will be broadcasting the game on Ched on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. The play-by-play voice will be my next guest. He's a play-by-play announcer in the NHL at the tender age of 28. Pretty remarkable. Pleased to welcome Brendan Batchelor to the show. Brendan, how are you doing? Great, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you, and I guess I should say congratulations on the new gig, new voice of the Canucks on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Uh, man, pr- pr- pretty big step in your career. I guess that's the understatement of the year, eh? Yeah, it's been a, a very exciting time, and uh, for for a guy like me who grew up in the Vancouver area and followed the Canucks uh, as a kid coming up through school and post-secondary education and then having a chance to get into broadcasting hockey at the junior level this is uh, a dream come true and uh with the the opener to the canucks season coming up here against the oilers it's uh, it's a very exciting time so you were calling the vancouver how, how many years did you do the giants in the dub i did four seasons with the giants okay and so you went to broadcasting school so would you go do like Give me some of your first gigs here. There's always some, usually some great stories of guys calling. Like Jack Michaels called an ostrich race when he was a young man <laughs> growing up. In, I don't know if you can top that, but there must have been some no. uh, something along the way that stands out. No, I don't think I I can top that. I went to uh, to BCIT, the British Columbia Institute of Technology for broadcast journalism here in the Lower Mainland, and uh, got my start uh, early on uh, in junior hockey doing public address announcing for, at the time, the Burnaby Express at the BC Hockey League, and did the public address announcing there for, for a number of years just on a volunteer basis uh, as I was going through school and, and getting into my career. And uh, I broke in uh, at one of the local stations here, basically being a, a warm body in the building in the middle of the night. Uh, to make sure that none of the stations went off air and cutting clips and and editing shows and things like that and gradually worked my way up into an on-air position. I'm pretty lucky in that I'm a guy that never had to to leave the big city and go to a small market to cut my teeth. uh, I've worked in Vancouver exclusively since I've broken into the business and I've met a lot of great people and had a lot of great opportunities and uh, through my work with the Express and the BCHL, I ended up uh, doing the play-by-play for a year in Surrey in the BCHL with the Surrey Eagles and uh, they had a really good season that year they went all the way to the the semifinal of the Royal Bank Cup so I got a lot of experience calling some pretty big games at that level at the time and uh, the Brooks Bandits ended up winning it that year in 2013 and uh, made a pretty quick jump from there to doing Giants games the season after and uh, spent four years with that organization watching uh, uh, lots of of young prospects up close including of of course the Oilers Tyler Benson although I haven't 
seen enough of him in the lineup, unfortunately, because he's been hurt. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a, an interesting ride to say the least, and uh, I feel very fortunate to be where I am now. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, pretty cool. That's awesome stuff. Look, maybe if you and Jack can can wrangle a couple of ostriches before the game, tomorrow, <laughs> we'll we'll see if we can we can figure anything out. I was um, gonna say, I, th- I think he's got me beat in terms of that. I've got no experience with ostrich <laughs> racing, so I can't speak to the strategy or anything like that at all. <laughs> I think Jack might be one of the few people. In, in this continent with some experience calling an ostrich race, but you never know. Uh, Brendan Batchelor joining us from the Canucks radio broadcast booth. He calls their play-by-play. So, look, we're rolling into a new season. The Oilers got off to a good start in uh, in Rogers Place, home game to Calgary on Wednesday. The expectations are high. Hope is high here in Edmonton. The Canucks, uh, I, I imagine, have some different expectations. What sense do you get, first of all, from the team and also from the fans in that market about the upcoming season? Well, I think the hope is that the team will be more com- competitive than it was a year ago where they had a really, really tough stretch run in the season and, and you know, ended up being right in the lottery uh, at the top of the draft, although the lottery hasn't exactly done the Canucks any favors the last couple of years. But, um, you know, they made some signings in free agency over the summer, bringing in some veteran players with, with an eye to help the power play, and that's why Thomas Vanek and Sam Gagne and Michael Del Zotto and players like that have been brought in uh, within the group. They're saying all the right things about just wanting to focus on on the day-to-day and be better than they were a year ago. Um, In the market in Vancouver, I think people um, aren't expecting them to be a playoff team but are hoping they can take a step in the right direction. And there's been a ton of focus placed around a couple of young forwards that made the team out of training camp here in Jake Bertan, a former very high pick in the first round out of the Calgary Hitman in the WHL, who uh, broke into the league as a young player because he couldn't go to the American Hockey League and, and they didn't send him back to junior uh, and then in his second season, when he was AHL eligible as a 20-year-old, ended up spending most of the season down there and had to work through some things. So he's received a lot of the focus here making the team. And then Brock Besser, who uh, who they drafted in the first round a number of years ago as well, uh, played down south in, in the college system uh, alongside uh, Troy Stetcher as well as Drake Kajula on those great North Dakota teams. And uh, they signed him out of college last year, and he, he played nine games and had four goals in nine games and uh, led the team in scoring in the preseason. So there's a lot of excitement around him, and I think that's where most of the focus is for the fan base here is seeing some of these young guys develop and hopefully take the next step. Uh, if this club manages to put themselves in the playoff conversation, I'm sure people would be pleased with that. At the same time, I don't think there's any sort of expectation in that regard. Yeah, okay. Well, it's going to be fun tomorrow night. Hey, again, congratulations on the new gig. Look forward to uh, seeing you next time you're in Edmonton. And Brendan, oh, I, one more. Uh, Morley Scott, was he one of your mentors? Does he fall into that category? Uh, what's the relationship yeah, there? Absolutely, he does. I uh, I had a chance to intern with Morley when he was calling games for the Vancouver Giants back in the 2009-10 season. I was just finishing up my broadcasting program at BCIT, and so I had a chance to to learn from him and watch him in action in the play-by-play booth. And uh, I've leaned on him for advice and various things over the years as I as I moved up and got a chance to call WHL games myself. So, uh, yeah, he, he's someone that's been very important in my career and my growth, and uh, I owe him a lot. Well, it's nice Morley's having a positive impact somewhere, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, man. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. 
Brendan Batchelor, play-by-play voice for the Canucks on Sportsnet Radio. And with that, we bring in Morley Scott. A good kid and a good liar, too. <laughs> Uh, that, that's pretty pretty cool for him. Pretty, uh, pretty absolutely. Cool for him, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very happy for him. He's a he's a hardworking kid. And by intern, when he interned for me, what he means is he just did all the hard work that I didn't want to do. So yeah, right. uh, it's nice to see him it paying off for him. He's he's a good kid. He's been working hard and uh, he's getting an opportunity. So yeah. happy for him. Twenty eight and uh, already doing play by play in the NHL. Darvin Adams has just thrown a long pass to Andrew Harris. Little Darvin Adams did. They tried that uh, little razzle dazzle from the, the Bombers. Yeah. Yeah. Their need Hamilton's up thirteen nothing early in the second quarter. Man, they're coming on. Hey, I played that clip of Buono saying they got to go to one division. Finally, I uh, I wanted to stand up and applaud when I heard that clip. <laughs> a terrific clip. Uh, I, you know what? Wally Buono is the oldest executive in the CFL, I believe. And he might be the most progressive. Is that a- where you're exact, going? Exactly. That's what I'm going with. He gets it more than any other. Uh, more than any other general manager or coach in this league, he he openly talks about injuries. He openly talks about you know things that are going on behind the scenes. I just I just think he's just a terrific guy. It, it, I hope he doesn't retire this year. I know there's talk that he he's he's been talking now that he doesn't want to turn the team over in a bit of a mess like it is now. So he might stay on for another year to help clear things up. I think it would be great. The longer we can have Wally Buono on the CFL, the better we're all, we all are for it because uh, he does. He, he's he's so progressive. He understands the new era mm-hmm. and, and and how to create uh, how to create a little bit of a buzz. And uh, yeah, it's uh, he's, he's a pretty smart guy. He's a pretty smart guy. For a guy, you know, he was one of the first coaches or GMs on Twitter in the CFL as well. Yeah. You know, I, Though he kind of said in that clip he's not a huge fan of social media, but he, yeah, it's part of the world now. Takes, so you know, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people aren't. Are, there's a lot of things we're not fans of, but we still have to do it, right? Yeah. So like, all right. So the Eskimos, you guys are, uh, you guys are going out this weekend. The games on yep. Monday. They've lost six in a row. Everybody knows the the storyline. Uh, I mean, they're not making the plays that they need. They're making some plays. They're not making mm-hmm. enough. Montreal's in a world of hurt too, though. So Fair, I mean, the, yeah. the two. I mean, in some ways, it, even though the Eskimos have a much better record, it's the two most struggling teams in the CFL right now. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Both teams, but yeah, differently though. I mean, uh, there's to me when you look at the Eskimos and the way they're struggling, you know they're a better team. You know that they were seven and zero. You know that they were just absolutely hit with a catastrophic amount of injuries. Uh, they managed to just tread water through it all. Now they're getting some guys back, and they're uh, they're. I think they're going to get a lot better over the last five games of the year. Uh, Montreal though. It doesn't even look like there's any hope for them. You know, uh, they're just a bad, bad football team right now. Uh, I don't know if even Cavis Reed's going to escape this year uh, or or be back for next right. year. I mean, it's they've had some things go horribly wrong for them. They've let some really good players go that are playing well in other uh, cities and most notably Bear Woods and 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 uh, amongst them. So yeah, it's uh, they're a bad organization right now. Uh, health so. Health-wise for the Eskimo, okay, first of all, well, Gable's going to be the running back. Yeah, it'll be the other fifth starting leaders. running back this year for the Eskimos. And hopefully, well, John White's pretty good, but hopefully he's he's right up there with at John White's level. Any other significant changes or guys coming back? Uh, not really. The the, the most uh, significant change as far as injuries goes is the fact that Brandon Thompson and uh, Corey Jones both worked out this week or have okay, been working so out. there's a DB they, and a linebacker. Yeah, and uh, and a middle linebacker uh, and the number two middle linebacker after J.C. Sherritt and the guy who was there when they were 7-0 and basically through 7 okay. And win so he's good at his job for sure. Uh, he they have another game to go on the sixth game so they'll they'll be uh, they'll be back in the lineup for the game. Has on the John 14th. Chick still not won a game this year? 
Yeah. I, mean, I know the uh, the CFL guys who do that little show on the on the interwebs. Uh, they started uh, win one for the checker uh, slogan Jeez. because yeah, he went like 0 and 8 in uh, in Hamilton, and he's like 0 and 5, I think, now with the Eskimos. So yeah, but, uh, what a horrible season for a really good guy. But yeah, he hasn't uh, he hasn't won a game yet this year. So uh, uh, John Delahunt uh, is going to play as well. Interesting story. He's uh, he played in 13 and 14 with Hamilton, then picked up by Ottawa in the expansion draft, uh, and then he was banged up and just said, I've had. Enough. I'm going to retire, and he went to work, retired. He's been just doing some some stuff around. He's uh, going to play. He uh, was at practice this week. They signed him. He, he he's going to be on special teams this week. He just said, "I missed the game too much. I'm healthy oh, now. Wow. Okay. I missed the game too much." So he's Canadian, right? After yeah, after he's going to be he's a fullback, but he'll be on special teams duty. So after what uh, two and a half years out, wow. he's uh, okay. he's coming back to play. So he's pretty. I talked to him today. He's pretty excited. Morley, enjoy Montreal. Enjoy the Barbie barn. Oh, I always enjoy the Barbie barn, my friend. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Oh, never too early for those Halloween ads. That's great. 723 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. A lot of question marks about the Edmonton Eskimos. One of them is not concerning Darrell Walker, standout receiver. Dave Campbell spoke to him. Okay, when you look at this offense, and I look at this offense, I go, man, that's a lot of talent. And how could you not you know, ignore that fact? Now you add C.J. Gable to mix. Um, does it surprise you that at times maybe you expect more out of it than what you're getting? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. There's a lot of times we hold ourselves to field goals when we should be mm-hmm. scoring touchdowns, and that's just something that, you know, as an offense, you know, we pride ourselves in scoring touchdowns. So, you know, that's something that has to be fixed. ASAP, you know, um, and we're leaning on fixing that, you know, so um, just continue to build and, you know, find what we do best, you know, and what de- what defense can't stop. So, you know, we're just going to keep coming up with, you know, game plans that, you know, that help us come out here on game day and just come out here and execute and use the talent that we have, you know, uh, the best way possible for us. Does it just come down to the confidence or not letting the negative thoughts creep in? I mean, the, the losing streak is weighing on this team. I know it's you try and park it every week, but you know it is what it is. Is it? Is it? You know, do, do, do those factors kind of come into play? I wouldn't say it's the confidence. I just say, you know, it's just, it's this just our journey right now, man. Yeah. This losing streak is just our journey right now. We're trying to, we're fighting hard to overcome it, and that one game when we overcome it, you know, I feel like uh, things gonna get back rolling, man. I honestly do feel like that. But as of right now, we're gonna control what we can. That's you know what we put on film, what we. Mm-hmm. The preparation we 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 prepare for every team, uh, every week in week out. You know, um, at the end of the week we just want to be one and zero. So you know, that's that's the, that's the plan. You know, that's the game plan. You know, be one and zero at the end of the week. I mean, to see a W that could do wonders for this team. Most definitely, and uh, like 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 I told you, man, it's we're leaning towards the right direction, man. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get this thing figured out, and once we do, I feel like we'll be a force to be reckoned with. All over again, but um, as of right now, you know, everyone has that struggle point. But as you know, in this league, it's how you finish. You know how that. You know how that goes. The hottest team at the end usually wins it. So um, we're trying to be that hot team at the end. Second half against the Bombers, you score 19 points. You get, I mean, basically what 75, 80, 85 percent of your yards. So it's almost 400 yards of offense against a you know a pretty decent defense. Right. Is that a template for this offense uh, to kind of use? Uh, that's the thing that we know we can do, and you know, looking at the first half, you know, I pride myself at our stats and points, and 
And looking up there, I was, you know, I was disgusted in, you know, the outcome of the first half. And second half definitely showed me that, hey, man, we're great when, yeah. when we play like we're when we play like Eskimos, when we play like we're supposed to. So, you know, if we could put all the pieces together and get it going like that the whole game, man, we're going to be dangerous for sure. There are some people questioning your quarterback right now who has thrown his fair share of interceptions the last number of games, but I would doubt there's any questioning within that huddle on offense. <laughs> you know Mike Riley very well. Right. Uh, man, you know, Mike's a great leader, great quarterback, man. And, uh, of course, when you're losing like this, you, you, you try to reach out and, and try to find, you know, the answers and mm-hmm. well, not the, try to find answers to fix the problem, you know. So uh, with that being said, man, like I told you, I trust in all my brothers on this team, you know, regardless of who's in at whatever position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, I just want to win. And, you know, right now, I believe Mike Riley is God is going to help us do that. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to – man, I'm just looking forward, man. I, I, can't, I don't have nothing else much to say, man. Once Just ready to get that first W, you know, there's nothing like that win. Onward and upward, right? Hey, that's all you can hope for, man. <laughs> That is Darrell Walker talking to Dave Campbell. Eskimos broadcast starts at 10.30 on Monday morning. Bob Stoffer from Vancouver checking in next. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. The Blue Jackets taking it to Eberle and the Islanders. It's 5-0 with six minutes left. Florida and Tampa Bay tied 2-2. The third period just started. And in Dallas, no score between the new guys, the Golden Knights and the Stars. Western Hockey League, the Oil Kings are trailing Brandon 2-0. That's late in the first period at Rogers Place. The U of A Golden Bears regular season is underway at Claire Drake Arena. Tyson Bailey has the only goal of the game. The Bears leading Mount Royal 1-0 with six minutes left in the first period. At Clark Park tonight, scoreless between FC Edmonton and Jacksonville in the 24th minute. Baseball playoffs, it is still 8-8 between the Yankees and the Indians in the top of the 11th. At one point, the Yankees led that game 8-3. Actually, after uh, 5, they led it 8-3, so Cleveland has rallied to tie. Chicago up 2-0 on the Washington Nationals. That's in the top of the 7th. Earlier today, Houston all over Boston again, 8-2 the final. Astros go up 2-0 in the best of 5. Still to come tonight, Arizona plays the L.A. Dodgers. All right. Oh, and Hamilton leading Winnipeg 16-10. Three minutes to go in the first half, Friday night football. Your Edmonton Oilers in Vancouver. They will play the Canucks tomorrow. We have the game for you on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6.30, and the game will start at 8. Jack Michaels and this man, Bob Stoffer, will be describing the action. Hey, Bob, thanks for checking in. How's Vancouver? Oh, you know, it's rainy. You know, I bumped into... Uh... Roger Hopkins, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' dad, he says, you know, Ryan gets frustrated because, you know, he tells the guys how beautiful it is in uh, Vancouver and in Burnaby, and uh, lo and behold, we've been here twice in the last week, and it's rained both times, so uh, typical Vancouver weather for December, except the problem is we're in October. Right. Fair comment. Uh, Now, I I, I said, I was talking with Jalen Andrew, I said, Bob's going to join us uh, tonight, taking a break from maybe grabbing some sushi or something, and they laughed because they said they don't think Bob is a uh, is a sushi type of guy. So I don't know. I've never asked you. Do you go for the sushi when you visit the West Coast or what? Uh, after every uh, road game that we play here on our team plane, there is uh, sushi rolls on the plane, and I'll be honest with you, I'm 
my wife likes Mikado, so we, we actually do have sushi about once a month. Nice. I I, I love sushi. I've gotten into and it the last few years. Go to, we also go to Japanese Village as well uh, once a month as a family. So there's some options there. You know what I'm saying, Brendan? With uh, uh, Reed, with uh, the likes of uh, no, that's not Brendan. That's Reed that I'm talking to. I just had somebody read it's hilarious. I won't say who it was, but as soon as I mentioned Nugent Hopkins, somebody's ears perked up. So uh, yes, Reed, we I do like sushi. To answer your question, okay. Well, thanks, thanks for. I mean, I've been called worse than being confused with a coworker who's yeah, well, doing the I mean, job I used to do. At least you weren't, at least you weren't called Bob. Look at it that way. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got the game uh, tomorrow. Everybody's feeling good. You know, it's 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 fun. it's amazing how things have changed, Bob. Uh, I I played some McClellan clips off the top of the show, praising the defensive play of the Oilers, and and, and I said, what a what a try. I mean, you used to say good defense and Oilers in the same sentence, and the text line would be, be calling you a moron for the next twenty minutes. No one's. I mean, what what a transformation. I know it's a long road to go. Uh, this season, but how refreshing was it to, to see the Oilers do to the Flames what teams spent about eight years doing to the Oilers? Well, Reid, first of all, people don't need a, just an ordinary comment from you to have somebody reach out to you or reach out to me on uh, whether it's now call called idiots. So, you know, we're just calling <laughs> idiots being there. Uh, I, I think, in, you know, if you watch the game, you felt the vibe in the building. What were the three words that Todd McClellan used to describe how he wanted the team to play. Well, back I played I played his clip from 2015 last night. Fast, hard, and supportive. Fast, hard, and supportive. And you look at how that defense played the other night. And even though we got some questions about the foot speed with Eric Grilo, that team did play fast, hard, and supportive defensively. They didn't give Calgary anything. Now Calgary is a middle of the road offensive team last year, despite the fact that they can generate offense from the blue line. I mean, they got. By my count, pretty you know three actually four if you include Stone, pretty good offensive defense. You know Stone had 36 points a couple of years ago with uh, Arizona. Uh, Dougie Hamilton had 50 points last year. Shields broken uh, 45 plus points three times in his career. Uh, Brody's a, a good player as well, but the Flames weren't able to get anything on transition going. Edmonton, you know they basically smothered them. I mean they gave up three. By my count, the scoring chances in the game were nine to three. And that's a great scoring opportunity. So I tell them have to make one great save and tight on Monaghan. So it was the clinic. And I, you know, Reed, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go on record and say I think the team is going to win 50 games this year, and I think we're going to see continued improvement with how this group plays. And maybe some of the analytics guys that sit there and say, Reed, it's all McDavid. Well, the the numbers were off the charts in that game against Calgary for the McDavid line plus Clefbaum and Larson, but it wasn't just all McDavid. The owners tilted the ice with the other lines as well. Yeah, they did. That w- that was a solid game. And one thing we can watch for Bob too. I know you and I. I, th- I think we briefly talked about this the other night. Maybe we weren't on air. But uh, McClellan said he would like to shave off 15 goals against, and that yeah. would take them under 200 goals against. Which to me is that's top three or four defensive team in the league. And you, you kind of believe that is possible after seeing what happened on Wednesday. Okay, quickly, Bob, before I let you go. Yamamoto, Cassian in a bit of a rotation at practice on the right wing on the Nugent Hopkins line. I, I, I would think they want to reward Packerinen with a game sooner rather than later because he's kept working, played a couple good preseason outings. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if they would want to sit Yamamoto out because he's probably going to go back to junior. 
Uh, if it were me, I'd lean towards the same lineup and be be quick to move Cassian up if needed. What do you think is going to happen? I'm torn because part of me thinks you control a matchup at home. You can play Yamamoto against Winnipeg, but I think Vancouver doesn't have as good a team as Winnipeg, even though Vancouver's at home. So I, I do think there's a distinct possibility if Todd doesn't play Yamamoto uh, north of 10 minutes in one of the next two games that we could be looking at a guy who by next week, just based on scheduling, I mean, Edmonton's in Vancouver here tomorrow night, then they go home, practice day, get the Jets on Monday, team day off on Tuesday, and then they don't see action again to Saturday. Is that the opportunity to bring Slepeshev up, implement him into a lineup in a rotation? You know what you got with uh, Packerin, and he is what he is. He's a 13 forward. And, you know, again, if Yamamoto's not playing anywhere near, you know, he was played seven minutes. He played the fewest minutes of anybody. He had one shift in a third period read. You watched the game. It was the first time he kind of struggled defensively a bit mm-hmm. to win some puck battles. And Todd, you know, I mean, he, he had to reward the guys that were going, and everybody else was going. So, actually, I could see Yamamoto potentially coming out of the lineup, but nobody's given me an indication either way. I mean, does Cassian play if Nugent Hopkins and Lucic, and then you play Packer in on the fourth line, and then insert Yamamoto back in against the Jets and uh, and see if you know he can learn on the fly for maybe watching up top. I'm not sure there's a wrong answer to that at this stage of the game, but I will tell you this. If he doesn't play north of 10 minutes in one of the next two games, I see him going down a smoke gap. Yeah, and Slepeshev, I mean, he, he deserves an opportunity, I, I think. And I, I think it's a no-lose situation for the Oilers. Uh, Jamie Crooks, Bob, 2 nothing Bears leading Mount oh, Royal. That's, that's good. They have the most talent in that league. Uh, they won the conference last year. I mean, they got the most. New Brunswick did not have a strong showing down in the NCAA last week. Alberta's got a good team. Disappointed to hear the Oil Kings are behind. And uh, not well. I, I'm not sure what to think of the Islanders this year, to be honest with you. But they're not off to a good start tonight. Uh, yeah, five nothing for the uh, and Pierre Luc Dubois. I don't know if you saw scored his first NHL yeah. goal in that game. Yeah. So yeah, Bob, thanks for coming on. Well, I'll talk to you at six thirty tomorrow night for the faceoff show. It's going to be fun, buddy. Yeah, Reed and Brendan, thanks for the warning. <laughs> there we go. That's uh, Bob Stauffer from Vancouver. Uh, he's not sure who he's talking to, but he's talking to somebody at Chet, so he's happy. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text 630-630. We're going to come back with a, a really cool uh, local success story, filmmaker Adam Scorgy, and he's looking to score big again. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Camp Talbot has not allowed a goal this season. He'll try to keep it going against Vancouver tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving weekend ahead of you. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. It is 747. Hamilton up 16-10 on Winnipeg. Final 30 seconds of the first half. Winnipeg trying to put a drive together for at least a field goal. They're going to be first and 10 from their own 50 after Darvin Adams makes a catch. Eskimos at Montreal on Monday, 10.30 a.m. for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at noon as the Eskimos at 7-6 and six try to snap a six-game losing streak against the 3-11 and 11 Alouettes. You may have seen the outstanding documentary film Ice Guardians. If not, I do not hesitate to recommend it. An excellent look at the life of the enforcer in the NHL, the role of the enforcer, why we have that role, the 
drawbacks and advantages of playing that role in the National Hockey League. Adam Scorgi, Edmontonian, is the producer of that film. He's working on a new project involving a legendary oiler. We'll get to that, but first, Adam, very excited that Ice Guardian's now available on Netflix. It's amazing because it, uh, it seems like it's re-released again for a whole new version of people to see it. And, uh, and it, just, uh, it just hit number one on the iTunes documentary list in Canada yesterday because it was recently just put on there as well. So it just, it really is uh, surreal and a dream come true knowing that you, you know, my team had this vision eight years ago that this would be something people would want to watch. And when the audience comes to watch it and you see the, the ratings and the reviews that just makes you feel good that you, you're following the right path. I like asking you stuff about you know how, how your industry works, and, and you mentioned eight years. That's you know a good chunk of your life, and you're working on other stuff, which I want to ask you about too. But it's not like you finished the movie and you showed it and you move on. Like you're still busting your butt to to let people know it's out there, reminding people it's out there. That's it's the commitment level is pretty high. Well, you have to be, especially with docs, you have to be really passionate about the subject matter, or I just don't think you can do it, right? So on this one, I'm really close friends with a lot of these enforcers, and as I said in previous interviews, that's why. I I, my team and I really wanted to make this is we wanted to honor their story and not push our own narrative, allow them to have a voice. So, And I think it's, it, it seems to be really resonating with audiences. It's, if I'm having a little bit of a down day, I love just going to Twitter and just seeing everybody's reviews, being like, I look at the game completely different. It made me tear up. I mean, yesterday I, I got to meet you know Connor McDavid's agent and he right away was like, oh, I know Ice Guardians. Like, it made me tear up twice. And he's like, my wife came in the room and was like, what are you watching? And he's like, don't worry about it. Right? Like, it's He's like, he's like, congratulations on making something truly iconic. And I mean, every day you get comments like that, and it's, it's just, it's so moving and inspiring and just makes you feel that that, that eight-year grind was all worth it, right? It's that much more satisfying knowing that it wasn't just a crazy chase, that it was uh, something that everybody's enjoying. All right, well, you're still grinding away. We just had Grant Fuhrer walk past us here. Tell us what you're working on. So we just started this week. We're doing a Grant Fuhrer's feature documentary called Making Coco, the Grant Fuhrer story. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of pinching myself every day when we're, we're on set here and we have Grant and, and Wayne hanging out together and Kevin Lowe and we're here at practice. And I grew up a diehard Oilers fan and now I'm, I'm in here behind the scenes filming with, you know, Hall of Fame, one of the greatest goaltenders ever played, playing the game. It, it's, it's, uh, it truly is a dream come true. Like, I'm sure if I see my patient, like, I, I remind myself in the day, I'm like, wow, I'm really getting to do this? Like, you, when they give me credentials, I feel like I'm faking. I'm like, really? They're like, you're coming into the arena? I'm like, yeah, that's right. And they're like, oh yeah, you're good. You're good. Off the post productions, no problem. Um, it's awesome. It's, um, you know, especially there's many years, I think, with anyone that really follows a passion, especially in the entertainment world where, you know, just about everybody other than my family is like, hey, you know, time to get a real job. Like, go out there and, and get a real job and you should stop chasing this film stuff and it's, you know, there's no money in it. And, you know, those are the people that's like, it's almost like they're saying, be miserable like me, right? And don't go after your dreams. But now I have my dream job. This is how I pay my bills and support my family. And uh, I, I just couldn't be more thankful. It, it really, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it... You can't do it without the hard work. I definitely put in my time, but there's a lot of luck that goes into there too, right? A lot of things can go wrong. Timing thing comes together. So very thankful that I'm able to tell great stories and people are enjoying them. Well, and Grant's got a great story, and, and he's, uh, I mean, this is going to be pretty, 
all access. Uh, he's telling Elver, he had some ups and downs. He's getting into everything. Oh, that's what's so fascinating about it is that, like, you know, at first when the story came, people were like, yeah, Grant Fuhrer, Oilers, this and that. But then when you go through, you know, his whole personal story about being adopted when he was really young and meeting his biological father after he won the second Stanley Cup and then, you know, this year suspension he had and coming right back in the playoffs for the Oilers, bumping uh, Billy Ranford right after he had just won, uh, you know, all the awards, the accolades the year before. Uh, and then, you know, getting bounced around after his year suspension, kind of going Toronto, Buffalo, L.A., and then having that rebound, that amazing rebound career in St. Louis where he broke two NHL records, which Talbot just passed last year, which is why we're going to go see Talbot right now and kind of have the two of them chat. Um, yeah, it's just like like every great story, when you really dive into it, there's so much more behind it that, you know, even interviewing a lot of his teammates, we things we've discovered in the discovery process, teammates have played with him and they're like, really? I never knew that about Grant, right? So it's, you know, it's going to be one of those things when you watch the film, like the great ESPN 30 for 30s or like Ice Guardians that you're like, okay, like I knew a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff I didn't know and fascinating to learn those stories. And Grant is just really excited. It's something he wants to do. He's at that perfect time in his career where he's like, look, I've accomplished everything I can in the sports. And, you know, I'm going to tell the whole story like it is and, you know, hopefully inspire other people to go after their dreams. Because, you know, I don't think any iconic player, person, businessman, doesn't have those ups and downs. That's what makes great storytelling, right? So uh, Grant's story is another great one, and I'm, uh, I'm excited for the Edmonton premiere and to, to continue working on it. Great stuff there from Adam Scorgi. So making Coco going to be the story of Grant Fuhr, probably coming out in 2018. And the excellent documentary Ice Guardians is now available on Netflix. And if, if you're a hockey fan at all, and, and the thing about Ice Guardians, it's, it's very intelligent. It is about the life of the enforcer. It doesn't glorify it. I, I mean, I, I think it, it takes the stance of why that role is necessary and it respects the men who do it. Um, but, you know, it, it has some, um, maybe a little bit of anti-fighting sentiment in it in terms of, you know, opinions from people who maybe don't think the fighting in hockey is so great. But it's a very honest film, very well done, and Adam did such an outstanding job producing it and look forward to seeing the Grant Fuhr film completed whenever it's finished, and they already were shooting that at Rogers Place over the last couple of days. So thanks for Adam for making time for me. That was at the rink as they were filming stuff. I pulled them aside, and we got to do that interview. A lot of fun. Adam's great to catch up to, catch up with. Well, and too, because he's he's always working and moving pretty fast. Have you seen Ice Guardians, Patrick Power? Uh, I have not actually. Check it no. out. Yeah, you it got the old Netflix. Like something that I would really what? Like, it, yeah, I do have Netflix. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, it's it obviously you know Dave Semenko was was interviewed in it, so that, I mean that'll be emotional for people to to see that. But he's an important figure in that film too. So yeah, definitely check that out if you got time this long weekend. So it's, it's a good way to spend an hour and a half, especially if you're a hockey fan. I assume most of you are. Somebody texting in. When is the Bakersfield Condors' first game? It's in about ten minutes. They play Stockton. So you can follow it uh, at theahl.com or we'll have the update for you on the face-off show tomorrow night when the Oilers take on the Canucks. Golden Bears up 2-0 on Mount Royal after the first at Claire Drake Arena. That's the Canada West opener. Rough one for the Oil Kings so far. They trail Brandon 3-0 in uh, the first period. That's at Rogers Place. FC Edmonton scoreless with Jacksonville with the first half winding down. A little soccer action over at Clark Park. In the NHL, the Blue Jackets have finished off the Islanders. 5-0 is the final. The Lightning lead the Panthers 4-2 with seven minutes left. And about seven minutes into the second period, still scoreless, still scoreless between the Golden Knights and the Stars. Dallas does have a 21-12 advantage in shots on the expansion team. Baseball playoffs, man, oh man. 
It is still 8-8 between the Yankees and the Indians. They're now in the bottom of the 12th. Wow. So the Yankees scored eight runs in the first five innings. They, now, they have now gone seven innings without scoring. 8-8. Cleveland is up 1-0 in that best of, uh, best of five. The Cubs lead Washington 2-0. That's in the top of the eighth. That's game one. Game one between Arizona and the Dodgers starts in about half an hour. Houston hammering Boston again 8-2 to go up 2-0 in that best of five series. All right, so remember, tomorrow at 6.30, face-off show, Oilers and Canucks. The game will start at 8 here on 6.30, Chad. Monday at 10.30 in the morning, countdown to kickoff, and then the actual kickoff at noon with the Eskimos visiting the Alouettes, and then we'll have the Oilers and Jets on Monday night. So a lot going on sports-wise here for your Edmonton teams and on 6.30, Chet, over the long weekend. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Bob Stoffer, Brendan Batchelor, Morley Scott, Darrell Walker, and Adam Scorgi. Go to 630Ched.com for more and to hear audio from past shows. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Patrick Bauer has been your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hey, I'm thankful that all of you, whenever you have time, tune into the show and interact with me. I absolutely love it. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end